Most of us have read through the Bible several times in our life, and probably most of us have read it many times. And we've spent many hours within the pages of the scriptures, many hours pondering the words of God and the things that He wants to teach us. We've especially spent much time within the pages of the New Testament as the New Testament church. Of course, we get into the Word of God in the Old Testament so we can uh, understand more fully what God has done and the work that He has done at the cross for us. But we spend most of our time in the New Testament. And as I was reading the book of Romans this week, I started to consider what the early church has faced. And look at today's look at, and in looking at today's prosperity teaching, the hyper-faith preaching, happily ever after preaching, and preaching that once you are saved, you will never have a bad day, and etc. The list goes on and on. And I wonder how the early church, the early Christians, would have fared with this soft, fluffy, easy listening preaching that we hear today. I can't get past the first chapter of I apologize for that. I just put batteries in that last week, so I didn't even look at the battery indicator, so I apologize for the delay there. But, uh, you know, we, we listen to this kind of preaching to where you, you never have a bad day once you're saved. And I really do wonder how the early church, the early Christians, would have fared under this soft and fluffy easily listening preaching that we hear today. Because you know, we really cannot get past the first chapter of Romans. Just reading the first chapter of Romans, you realize that there is something wrong with this fluffy teaching. And the fluffy messages. Because they do not prepare you for anything. And they are simply meant to deceive you and to let your ears be tickled with nonsense that only weakens your faith. It doesn't strengthen your faith. It doesn't encourage you. It doesn't give you hope. It just teaches you and tells you the things that you want to hear. And that's not what God wants from us at the church. He doesn't want the church to be preaching messages that always tickle your ears and make you hear the things that you want to hear. He wants us to grow close to Him. He wants us to grow close in understanding. And brothers and sisters, as believers, we will face trials in our lives and we will face trouble in our lives. Many of us here this week have faced trouble and trials and difficulty in our life. God never promised us an easy life, a life with no challenges. And being a believer by itself is not an easy journey. It's not an easy journey at all. And we will struggle and battle with temptation. We will battle with the world, and we will experience difficulties with our health. We will finan face financial troubles. We will face persecution. And we will possibly be one who will be a martyr for our faith. We are Christ's possession. We are His ambassadors. We are called to a battle that will cost us something. We will face difficulty. We will be challenged. And we will have cost involved in that. And it could even cost us our physical lives. We may be called by God to lay our lives down for what we believe. So let us take a moment now and turn to James chapter 1. 
when it is very dangerous and unpopular to live for Jesus, what type of preaching do you need to hear? You need to hear preaching like from the book of James, teaching that is going to strengthen you and is going to encourage you and going to give you confidence and faith in Jesus Christ. And James, in his letter, wrote to people who were being scattered all over the world for their faith in Jesus Christ. He was teaching the church the real gospel. He didn't teach that everything was going to be okay and that you would experience only health and wealth as a believer in Jesus Christ. He knew better than that, and he taught different than that. He taught the truth. He prepared the church for difficult times, for times of trouble. He taught them to endure trials and to endure trouble because he knew that trouble is going to happen in the believer's life. And it is really time that we start teaching that everything is not going to be okay. We need to start teaching that there will be trouble in the life of a believer and that our lives as believers are not going to be a bed of roses. Life will not be filled with the fulfillment of your every desire and your every longing. Rather, we need to teach that we will struggle in this world. We will find ourselves at odds with the rulers and powers of this world. We will find ourselves at odds with those that we work with. We will find ourselves at odds with friends and family because we are not of this world. We are ambassadors in this world. We should find ourselves exposing the truth regardless of the personal consequences we would face for sharing the truth. We should still share the truth. But we must endure and find the blessings of God in our struggles. As we're going through our struggles and experiencing these struggles, we should be looking for the blessings of God through those trials. Finding blessings as we endure trouble. And as we are about to learn, we are called to count it all joy as we face many kinds of trials. After all, the trials we face, the trials we endure, test our faith. And this testing of our faith, what does it do? It produces what? It produces perseverance, doesn't it? It produces perseverance as we grow closer to God and closer to Jesus Christ. The trials we face are not obstacles we should avoid. They are intended to strengthen our faith in God. They are intended to bring us closer to Him, make us more intimate with Him, cause us to want to put our total trust in Him and Him alone. It causes us to want to depend on Him to protect us, to comfort us, and to make us more like Him day by day. And that is the Christian walk as we endure trials and as we endure troubles. So let us take a moment now and turn our attention to James chapter 1, beginning in verse 2. James chapter 1, beginning in verse 2, says this, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. 
Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete and not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault? And it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all that he does. Brothers, in humble circumstance ought to take pride in his high position, but the one who is rich should take pride in his low position, because he will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant, it blossom, its blossoms fall, and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away while even, even while he goes about his business. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. There's a sermon. There's a sermon to encourage you and to strengthen you and to build confidence in Jesus Christ and to know that we're going to face trials, that when we're on the mountaintop, anybody can be on the mountaintop, can't they? We all like to be on the mountaintop in the ease of life, don't we? It's when we're in the valleys and in trouble that that's where we endure and experience trials in our life. And when we experience those trials to find our peace and our hope and confidence and joy in Jesus Christ. Listening to sermons that are coming from America's leading uh, preachers, it can all start to look pretty weak compared to the preaching in the Word of God. Sermons by Isaiah, Jeremiah, John the Baptist, Peter, James, and John probably wouldn't make it on the bestsellers list of any book out there today, would it? They wouldn't be politically correct either. They would be outdated and old-fashioned. But when you're going through trials and difficulties and your faith is being tested, it is good to hear a strong word on endurance, isn't it? To hear a strong word on endurance and staying the course, keeping your path straight with Jesus Christ. It is encouraging to hear that. It is encouraging to hear how important it is for us to keep our faith and our dependence on Jesus Christ. Because those are the things that are going to get us through the storms in life. Leaning on God, trusting in Him, depending on Him day by day, moment by moment, breath by breath. That is why we are focusing on this section in James today. He, is, he gives us instructions on how to endure trials, how to go through hardship and difficult situations. This is real life stuff with real life answers. After all, isn't that what we want the Word of God to do for us, to give us answers, to teach us, to strengthen us, to comfort us, to give us hope? Isn't that what we want? Don't we want the Word of God to give us answers to the real-life struggles we face on a daily basis? Aren't we seeking God's guidance and wisdom as we face the challenges that we face day by day? 
Are we not looking, we are not looking for anecdotes. Anybody can give you an anecdote. Anecdotes don't solve our problems, help us get through trials and difficulties. We are not looking for feel-good words. We are looking for truths that will help us endure and help us build perseverance. That is why James taught us to consider it joy when we face trials. On the surface, that doesn't sound very good, does it? It doesn't sound very good to count it as all joy when we face trials. None of us like a trial. We would rather be on the mountaintops. And if we want to be honest, we would say, yes, I would rather be on a mountaintop. But that's not where our growth as believers happen. Our growth happens through trials and tribulations and difficulties. What do you mean, count it all joy? There is nothing joyful about experiencing and facing trials. Why would I want to do this? Well, the reason that we want to count it all joy is because when we do that and we start leaning on Christ and depending on God to get us through these difficulties, we learn to trust Him more. We follow Him. We get into His Word. We lift our hearts up to Him in praise. And I could tell you on more than one occasion, that's where I found my peace and hope and strength is in Jesus Christ through my trials and difficulties in life when I seen no hope and I seen that there was no path getting me out of a situation that I'm in. But you know, it's because we have Him in our life that we can find joy in the most difficult of situations in our life whether it be we're experiencing a loss of a loved one. If we lose a loved one, we are experiencing something pretty difficult. What gets us through that? It's the joy of God in our life. It's Him in our lives reminding us that we will one day be reunited with our loved one because they had a relationship with Him, we have a relationship with Him, and we are going to get to one day be in the presence of our loved ones in Jesus Christ one day. Again, all united. There's peace in that. There's hope and confidence in that. But you see, James doesn't want us to wait long to tell us why we should consider it and count it joy. He wants us to understand the why we should count it joy. And he said, count it joy because facing these trials tests your faith. When we count it joy and we face these trials, it tests our faith. And the testing of our faith develops perseverance. And that perseverance must finish its work so that we may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. That's what James is teaching us here. He's not given us fluff. He's given us the truth of the Word of God that our faith, tested, is going to give us strength and perseverance that we can become more mature Christians. You see, James did not even say that everything is going to get better. It may not get better. It may get worse. Our situation could get worse. We could face death and die. There's nothing worse than in a, in a human being's eyes than dying. But when you have faith and confidence in Christ, we know that death is only the beginning. And we can find confidence in God. We can find hope in Him. And you know, even though things didn't go the way we planned them, 
They definitely went the way God planned them. And it's God's plans that count. He has purpose for everything He lets us experience in life. But let the joy be developed in your life through the difficult times that you face and the difficult trials you experience in life. James is writing to people who are on the run, people who are being scattered because of persecution. I am sure they would have loved to hear someone preach that it will all end soon, that it will be okay, everything will be fine. Whatever you do, don't worry, be happy. But that's not what James does, is it? He's not telling us that everything will be fine. He's telling us through our trials, find joy in God. He tells us that when we endure with joy, it is times like these that lets God work out real joy in your life. And we learn to be happy in the midst of pressure and persecution in our life. James is teaching us to develop an attitude of rejoicing in our suffering. That we should rejoice as we face difficulties. He's not telling us that we have to like the difficulty. He's just telling us to find our joy in God. Find our joy in the things that matter. The eternal things. The things that bring hope. Now I don't know about you, but I like the rejoicing on the top of a mountaintop and hearing these kind of wonderful sermons. But James says, rejoice in the midst of the valley. See, Again, any of us can live on the mountaintop. Any of us can rejoice when we're on top of the world. But it is a challenge to rejoice in the low times, isn't it? It is a challenge when you're being persecuted at work to find joy and to rejoice in that, isn't it? It's a challenge when you're being persecuted to find joy in that. It's a challenge that you lost your job because of what you believe and what you stood for. It's a challenge when you end up facing bankruptcy or something like that because of situations that you lost your job because of a belief. You stood firm in your belief. But these are all material things that pass away. Let us focus on the eternal things, the things that bring us hope and joy in life. See, it's easy to rejoice when we are on the mountain. Anyone can do that. Even the unbeliever can do that. But to rejoice and to be full of joy in the midst of your trouble, well, that requires something, doesn't it? It requires work and effort, and it requires endurance. It requires perseverance. That requires faith and dependence on God. That requires work and requires us to focus on God and God alone. You see, James is the pastor of the Jerusalem church, and his church members are Jewish Christians, and they are hated by the Gentiles for being Jews, and they are hated by the Jews for being Christian. Basically, nobody liked them at all. Then all this he stresses, keep your attitude right, don't give up, and let the joy of the Lord be your strength. And through our trials also, it's imperative that we remember how important it is for us to keep our faith. 
Verses 3 and 4 remind us that these trials will test our faith. It is important that we remember that these trials are not meant to destroy us. God doesn't allow us to experience trials to destroy us. He allows us to endure trials and experience them, to find joy and hope in Him and trust in Him. They are not meant to cause us to give up and quit. They are not given to us to bring harm. Far from it. Our trials are given to us so that we may experience them because they produce perseverance as we are tested. Therefore, let us rejoice in knowing the reason we face many of the trials that we face in our life. When our faith is strengthened, we are growing closer to Jesus Christ. When our faith is strengthened, we're growing closer to God. We are learning to trust Him more and more every day. Do you remember in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, when Jesus said, Everything is possible for him who believes? This is the story of when Jesus healed the boy who had an evil spirit. Do you remember what the boy's father said? His father said, Lord, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. And this should be our attitude as believers. This should be our attitude as we're working through our weaknesses in life. The reason we are weak is our lack of belief. Our lack of belief that God can help us overcome. Our lack of unbelief that God will help. Our lack of unbelief that God will listen. Wherever we do not believe, our prayer should be, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. As we face trials, let us face them with joy. God will strengthen our faith. He will build our perseverance. And we will endure because we are His children. And He loves us. And He allows us to experience these things for a purpose. James is teaching us that every test and trial that we are facing proves our faith. It lets our faith shine through. This isn't the time to give up. It is the time to keep going and moving forward. Let these trials perfect you. Let your faith get stronger and stronger through the bad times. You will come out of all of this lacking nothing. James is such an encourager, isn't he? He has a way to encourage you and to give you hope and confidence as you face trials and, 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 and have to learn to endure through them. So James is basically saying this. You need to become dependent on God in your trials and tests. You don't need to run here and there looking for answers. Pray. Ask God. Get God's word on it. If you are facing hard things in life today, I say ask God and pray until you touch heaven. God will give you the help that you need to endure. Since James never came to faith until after the resurrection, I'm not sure if he heard the Sermon on the Mount with its initial blessing found in Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 11. But he has another beatitude. And this beatitude that James has is the blessing of endurance. I can attest 
in my own life that it can be challenging to find joy in our circumstances. It can be difficult to see the trials we face in life as a blessing from God. A blessing that is meant to strengthen our faith and our faithfulness to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. These trials do strengthen us. They do bring about perseverance in our faith. They do help us in our unbelief. They make us stronger Christians who are going to be better equipped to be honest with the world when we share our faith. See, when we share our faith, we want to be honest. We don't want to tell everybody when you become a believer, all of a sudden everything is going to be good, easy, no problems. Because it's not true. We will face trials as believers. And these trials make us stronger Christians who are going to be better equipped to share the, our faith. It is good that the world sees the love of Christ in our lives. It is good that they will be enticed and come to us and ask us about the reasons we have peace and joy as we endure hardships and trouble. See, we're not the only ones who are going to get benefit as we experience trouble and trials in our life. How many times have us, each one of us as a believer, had somebody approach you and say, I don't know how you can face this and have joy and hope when you're going through everything that you're going through? They're seeing Christ in you. When they're saying, making comments like that, they're seeing Christ in you. It is good that they see God's love in you. You are going to be blessed for what you have gone through and what you have endured. No prizes are going to be given to the quitters. Those who walked away from the faith, there are no prizes for them. You will be blessed for making it to the end. Having done all to stand, you are still standing. And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to stand. He wants us to have confidence in Him. He wants us to have trust in Him regardless of what we experience in our life. He wants us to have trust in Him, even though He has allowed us and us to experience some of the most terrible things we've ever faced in our lives. He wants us to keep our eyes on Him and keep our eyes on the prize of eternal life with Him. It is going to be a happy day when we achieve our eternal blessing and rewards. We are going to be a lot happier if we have our treasures stored up with Him in heaven even if we have very little stored up on this earth. This earth, what we have stored up here doesn't matter. It's what we have stored up in the treasures of heaven that matters. And as we endure, and as we face trials with joy, we are building up things and treasures for ourselves in heaven. And we only have to wait until we get there to realize the wonders of the work of God in our lives. Let us pray. Holy Father, again, we thank you for all that you have taught us today, Lord. We thank you that you are here with us in the midst of our trials, that you are here with us in the midst of our trouble, Lord. And Father, that we can find joy in you no matter what we experience in life. And Lord, as we have this joy and we have our faith tested, we know that it's producing perseverance in our life. And Father, that this perseverance is going to make us stronger and draw us closer to you. And Father, we thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you that you teach us and that you strengthen us and that you guide us day by day, Lord. And Father, we just 
pray that you will take what you have taught us today, that our hearts would overflow with joy and hope and confidence in you that we can't help but to share our love for you with the world. And Father, we ask all of these things in the gracious and holy name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.